Hey everyone, welcome to the Cup of News episode with your hosts, Peter and Matt here, where we tackle hot nursing topics and current health news, one conversation at a time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you for the love that you guys give us, the comments, the shares. We truly do appreciate that. And if you have some time, go ahead and smack the five stars on Spotify or Apple. It motivates us and it kind of ranks us higher and it keeps on motivating us to produce this high-quality content. Some updates, cup of news, cupofnurses.com, and cupofnurses.shop. All the sizzling hot merch there. It's under construction. It's out. It's all new. Check it out. Same thing with Frontline Warriors and frontlinewarriors.shop. Tune into that. And some updates. All summer, we've been working on a huge project that's coming out soon. We're not releasing any information about it till it's actually official with a date. Unlike other times when we say things are happening, it doesn't happen. So stay tuned for this fall 2021. Big things for the travel nursing community. How you doing, Pete? I'm doing great. And also, guys, for all you nurses out there, nursing students or health fanatics, if you're interested in some kind of a topic, shoot it to us. And we'll be more than happy to do some research on it and maybe even an episode. Matt and I are always looking at new topics to, to look into and see what's on your minds or what you're interested in. And we're more than happy to talk about it. But this episode, yep, this episode, we're going to talk about a new COVID-19 variant, the Mu variant, and we're also going to talk about abortions, a little bit about other viruses, and also about the abortion laws that are happening in, in Texas. Some wild times. Yeah, so as, as all of you know, there's been a bunch of COVID-19 variants, Alpha, Beta, Delta, now there's the Mu, and like we don't know that viruses mutate very similar to, to bacteria. You know, when they enter a host's body and they replicate, they do undergo accidental mutations. Sometimes those mutations lead to a weakening of the virus, which makes it easier for us to kind of battle, battle it and fight it off. But also in the opposite spectrum, it can lead to stronger viruses and variants. And this is kind of what's, what's happening. The more the virus replicates, the higher likelihood of it replicating incorrectly and mutating is, is higher. So that's why we're seeing all these kind of variants going on with, with the COVID-19 strains. Yeah. I'm not sure if a vaccine speeds up the mutation process or not, but we have been seeing different strains, you know, throughout these this last year, you could say. We are going to dive into that question. Mm -hmm. So the Mu variant, Mu, started in January 2021, where it was first discovered in Colombia, and it's reached over 39 countries now. Uh, but the good news is, just like you said, that it's not overtaking the Delta variant, and that one is more prevalent. But manufacturers and everybody in the medical field are focused on dose to variants to see what's going to happen because the efficiency of the vaccine is not as effective for those variants because of the mutations. So uh, it's, it's interesting what's going to happen. As of now, we have about 2,000 cases of the Mu variant in the United States, mostly in California, Florida, Texas, and New York. Mm. And Fauci saying that this Mu variant does evade the antibodies that once were for the regular strain. What's the regular COVID strain? Just SARS-CoV, right? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to have to see what's going to happen. But it's interesting because there's different ways that these virus mutates. And there's like the, the shift. And you, you, you actually linked a very good website that we could talk about that. Yeah. So like, like I mentioned before, is like someone when these viruses mutate, they don't always make them more resilient to us. But... It becomes problematic when there's a antigen shift, which means that the antigens on the virus are mutated and your antibodies that your body produced to the prior virus isn't able to recognize and effectively be killed. Because 
not every mutation is going to to change the antigens of the, of the virus. It's going to change maybe some parts inside the virus, maybe certain mechanisms and stuff like that. But the problem becomes very severe is when these antigens are changed because like I said, your antibodies cannot recognize them and does not know what this is. And that's really when the virus can, can cause havoc. Yeah, what was interesting about this is unlike the, the influenza virus, which usually undergoes an antigenic drift, where when the, bot, when the virus is replicating itself, it makes bad replications. But supposedly SARS-CoV-2 has like a proofreading system where it doesn't make mistakes in the uh, mutation or the editing process where it duplicates itself. So instead of the antigenic drift, it actually shifts, which is a little bit different process. Right. And while we compare it to the influenza virus, because influenza is also an RNA virus and influenza is pretty interesting because it replicates very quickly and it also mutates very quickly. So, so far we've noticed that COVID-19 replicates four times slower than influenza, which is, which is a good note, but we can look at how influenza mutates and what the mutations are to kind of almost have an idea of what to expect with the COVID-19 mutation because they are both RNA viruses. Yeah. And the big thing to look out for here is when, it ha when the antigenic shift happens, so the way this virus is going to mutate is if there's two different variants inside the host cell. So <laughs> I'm kind of mind blown how this happens, but somehow these two mutations have virus sex <laughs> and they create a different mutation unlike the, the, dr the drift process. So this shift, both two variants enter the host cell and replicate and create a different mutation, which is not going to be uh, caught by our immune system because it has a completely different key lock system. If you want to imagine it that way, think about like a, like a circle, which is the cell of the virus, and then you have different keys to enter. Some of them are triangles and squares. Let's just say you get the vaccine and it has all squares. Now you have the mu and the delta variant that made a baby together inside the host cell and it created freaking hectagons around the cell. So now we need a vaccine or develop natural immune, uh, immune response to combat the squares, which is the antigen to effect, effectively attack the virus. Yeah, that's very scary. Like imagine if you got both these strains in your system and it creates like a, like a third strain, it's even stronger because it can mutate to take the strongest principles of each of those variants and create like a super virus. And that's really wild. I've never knew that existed up until I did some research and read some articles, but that's like one of the scariest things that these virologists um, are, are saying can happen because you're creating a whole different kind of virus with possibly the strongest principles of each one being combined in one. It's like a like I said, a super virus, and it's super scary. So we'll see what happens. So far, the the mu variant isn't, you could say, super super strong. It's it's stronger than the alpha one, but it has not reached uh, the caseload as, as a delta. But you never know how, how it could change. You never know. You might have another variant come along. That's why it's why it's interesting to look at our vex is, is over vaccination a possibility because we've we have in the past prescribed too much antibiotics, which made these very resistant bac bacteria. Right. So maybe. We might have to be careful with these vaccines because what if we vaccine, maybe like a vaccine overload where now we're getting these super viruses. And imagine if like you receive, because some vaccines you receive the live virus, correct? So like the J&J. Like the J&J. So imagine if you got the live virus at the same time you got the Delta and like Matt stated, what if they, they combine and create this this whole new one? So maybe the, the way they create the Moderna vaccine, maybe that was the right up world approach because you're not getting the actual virus, you're just getting the 
the kind of blueprint on how to fight it off and how to recognize it. And Israel, just so we talked about the previous episode, they make a lot of good points where they had the highest vaccination rates and their reinfections are skyrocketing and they don't know what's happening. So what you mentioned is something called antibody dependent enhancement, so ADE. And no one is talking about this. There are some scientists, there's a few articles that I found talking about this. And I think the RSV virus, um, they wanted to do a vaccine for it, but they realized that that it actually develops antibody enhancement. And they didn't go ahead with the uh, vaccine because it's actually going to increase the strength of the damn virus itself. Um, as far as COVID, as of now, they're saying that in animal trials, they did show antibody antibody dependent enhancement, but there was no human trials that showed that evidence. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they're checking for that now. Right. That's and that's the issue that we can't find out at this answer. Yeah, and remember, guys, at one point we we're prescribing uh, antibiotics all the time. We never thought that a bacteria might be able to develop a resistance to it or something like that. Same with these vaccines. You never know if you keep if you keep if you eradicate certain diseases, there's always going to be new diseases that come out of it. And the thing is, you don't want to strengthen the old diseases because when we figure out a way how to combat a, a disease or an infection, that's, that's amazing because we literally figured out how to wipe out this infection, right? But then if we don't do it properly without certain guidelines, it leads to these mutations and those are really super scary, like MRSA. Look how, look how bad, bad MRSA has, has, been, has been to some people. Like it's crazy, oh, yeah. scary stuff. And these are the things where People don't always look at and don't bring as much attention to. But then guess what? 20, 30, 40 years online, you look back and sh- and said, hey, yeah, we fucked up. And now we got to deal with this. So it's now, scary. Now man. we created a super virus. Yeah. So ADE is also called immune enhancement or disease enhancement. And it's a phenomenon where the, the virus is able to bind to suboptimal antibodies. Mm-hmm. So you already, because you got the vaccine or whatever the case might be, you already have antibodies, but they're suboptimal because there's a different mutation of this virus. So what happens is this virus is actually able to um, enhance its entry into the host cell. So it's what happens is it's almost like a back end door entry. Like, you know, like hackers have that like back end door. That's what this is creating. So it's able to enter the cell more easily and, and cause replication. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting that it works in two different ways. So um, one way it works is it works by the FC gamma receptor, IIA, or it it's, uh, happens by excessive antibody FC mediated effectors. So I highly, I don't know everything what that means, but I'm going to, uh, put it out there on the, the podcast. You guys could DYOR do and research about that. And it's interesting because VADE is vaccine associated disease enhancement. Mm-hmm. Same thing because we already have the vaccine and there's all these uh, antibodies that are that our body has that's actually like the virus can hijack our own body by the suboptimal antibodies right because let's say your vaccine isn't strong enough and the viruses live well the vaccine is going to wipe out a certain amount of viruses but then the viruses are able to withstand your antibodies or vaccines antibodies they, they they learn they learn that hey your your body's identifying these and it's killing off the weak viruses but then leaving the strong viruses alive, similar to bacteria. And at one point we realized, at one point we thought that bacteria don't have their own immune system. And then we realized CRISPR-Cas9 exists and and realized that, hey, single cell organisms do have an immune system. They do have a way to fight off invaders. 
So now I'm kind of curious to see, maybe we could do another episode on this where which viruses have their own kind of immune system or even do they? Because they might and we might not even know about it. Yes. Because yeah, we, we see viruses as, as non-living organisms, but but they're, they're out there, right? And, and they're doing stuff and they're, and some viruses have to be able to combat other, you know, you could say predators that infect the virus because the virus isn't the smallest thing. There's actually other organisms that actually invade viruses. There's a YouTube video that's essentially like a while back. I actually don't know anything about this. Educate me here. Yeah. So there, I sent you a YouTube video like a while back and there's even organisms smaller than a virus that actually prey on viruses. And so that thing enters a virus and then that virus enters the host. And instead of the host producing viruses, they produce those things that are, are in the virus. Wow. And that's something that we, that we just found out not too long ago. So maybe in the future, we're going to be able to find out, hey, how certain viruses are able to combat those things. Because there for sure is out there viruses that, that have, you could say, a so-called immune system. Interesting. Yeah, even though you could say they're not living. And some people are even characterizing viruses as living. And it's just something that we're slowly exploring into because these things are microscopic level and they're super, super hard to, to kind of break down because they're so small and don't have more, you could say, components than, than, a, than like a single cell organism, which, which oh. makes it really hard to, to study. But as we get better, as the technology progresses, we're able to, we're better able to understand these things. Because before even humans came to existence, viruses were here before us. And that's why it's so silly when we say that science is fixed, trust the science, it's only this way. Like, no, it's not. We're going to keep changing our opinions. So yeah, we're lied to last year. Now things change, but it's okay. Now all of a sudden we're okay to say different things like the whole lab leak theory, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So both ADE and VADE. We talked about the first mechanism of action, right? So the second way this works that actually could cause enhanced respiratory disease and actually could lead to worse acute lung injury is the way ADE works is it causes enhanced inflammation and immunopathology. So I'm trying to wrap my mind around how this works, but because you already have these antibodies and the way the virus works because of it already knows this, um, it already knows the suboptimal antibodies it actually creates a worse immune reaction. So, you know, we have the whole cytokine storm and it's inflammatory. It actually causes a worse condition of cytokine storm because it already has a suboptimal antibodies. Yeah, damn. I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like if, if you can't kill out or eradicate all the virus, you're going to, for example, I'm not sure if this is the exact science, but if you make the strongest one survive, obviously you're going to receive a, a harder infection, right? It makes sense. Even if I like to take viruses and kind of, turn them kind of into bacteria because we have a better understanding of bacteria and you know a lot of these things are interchangeable and they, and they work very similarly even though the virus is considered that it needs a host to live compared to a single cell organism like bacteria like it, it's it you just don't know you just don't know like before we had widespread bacterial infections and now we have widespread viral infections and as you know that the vaccine doesn't completely protect you from getting the virus nor from spreading it so as we always say, the most important thing that we can do in this case is getting optimal sleep, diet, nutrition, exercise, movement. You know, you guys know the vibe. Yeah, the That's- best immunity is your own immunity, always, hands yeah. down. And and if a doctor doesn't tell you that, then they're they're wrong. You know, I guarantee doc, Dr. Fauci, if you ask him a question, what's the best immunity? I guarantee 100% he's going to say your own immunity because your body's actually fighting it off and knows it's going to war. So it's doing its own plays, running its own plays, and it's understanding how the, how the enemy works. But of course, you know, we have some part of society that are very susceptible to, to death via this virus. So obviously we want to protect them. But 
the best way to protect yourself is to stay healthy, eat properly. You want to have an optimal immune system because that's your number way, number one way of fighting this off. Yeah. We can't stress it enough. Speaking of Fauci, tomorrow they're supposed to release guidelines on what's their new plan, new protocols for COVID. So it'd be pretty cool to include in this episode, but that's going to be something new. So I wonder how things are going to change. But what the scary part is, is the Speaker of the House said, if you are unvaccinated, then things might change. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see what are what guidelines are going to change. Because look, I was looking at Australia, and it's so mind-blowing to me where they have these quarantine camps that are mandatory for citizens even and for travelers. Because there's different provinces. That, shout out to Australia. I know there's people listening to us out there. We feel for you. Um, but there's different provinces or regions that you enter that you have to travel to, and they have their own quarantine camps they have to stay. And, like, you can't leave the premise. It's controlled. Like, you have to keep your mask on. It's super... It looks looks like a freaking concentration camp, guys. I talked to my grandpa about this, and he's just, like, mind-blown to what degree we allowed all this to happen, you know? I understand in the name of safety, and we have to... uh, prevent the hospitals from being overcapacitated but i looked at the article from australian website and it says that lockdowns work and we have no other interventions basically there's so many other interventions but we're only pushing this yeah like think about it. if you lock everybody down at home obviously it's going to work but then when you stop doing the lockdowns and people start interacting again is covid gun jump back up you know what i'm saying there's not there hasn't been enough research because if you lock down somebody at home, of course, they're going to not be able to suffer from certain infections. Yeah. But the thing is, once you stop these lockdowns and resume normal play, what's going to happen? You can't lock down everybody forever for, for safety, right? Since when it, Where's the line between safety and control? Yeah, and we talked about it last year in a podcast episode. The lockdowns are not evidence-based. Mm-hmm. They cause more harm than good when it comes to psychological stress and everything else. Yeah. And if the virus lives outside of you know these these lockdown zones, if people go back to, to being normal, it's going to just affect again. And then what are you going to be on the side of you for a month? And then what? Lockdown for three months and then try it again. And then same is going to happen over and over again. The thing in Australia is crazy because I to, listened to a podcast about it and they were talking about it. And they literally, if you have a child, I'm not 100% sure what age, but they literally take kids away from you and put them in, in, these, in these COVID-19 camps because that that's how, you know, you could say afraid they are of, of this virus or, or whatever you want to call it. But that's crazy. They literally, if you have positive COVID nineteen, they know, and you can't be part of normal society. You have to go to like a COVID nineteen restricted area, only, which is crazy. And do with the kids. So imagine if you had like a like a fifteen year old kid or sixteen year old kid. I'm not sure what the age limit is, but let's say he's eighteen. That's it's still crazy. Like not being able to live with your kid that's age eighteen, and he's got he gets sent out to a COVID nineteen camp until he he recovers. Like, like it's wild. And that just seems like a, like a breeding ground almost to, for, for stronger viruses, right? If you think about it, you're just having everybody there that, 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 that's sick. It's going to, you just have multiple strains thrown around back and forth. Wouldn't that kind of cause like even a worse strain to come about, you, you could Very say? Very good point. Just like the hospital is a breeding ground for stronger Infect- infections. Right, and it's people, the hospital. And people, all the time, people come in healthy and they somehow get a pneumonia and klebsiella and all these different infections. It's like how? It's like... It's just there in our home yeah. or under our hospital. Yeah. And we could talk about COVID-19 for days. So let's just hop on to the next topic, which is abortion. I'm sure everybody heard on the news how Texas has changed abortion laws. So men, I decided to take a look at 
you know, abortion and the history of it. Because I was kind of curious because as a guy, I don't really know too much about, about abortion. I never really looked into it because it's not something that we, that we go through. And it's the same like pregnancy. Like my weakest subject was always um, the neonatal, the OB, because like I don't have that in my body and it doesn't pertain to me. So it's kind of like you don't really care too much about it, but it's still very important. So a little bit of abortion history is in since the 1900s and 1900s in the U.S., abortion was a felony except for certain situations like rape or incest, which even still it was hard for you to get an abortion, even if you went through those things. And by the 1930s, there was about 800,000 abortions going on a year. And then Planned Parenthood became to be known in 1942. But before Planned Parenthood, there was something called the American Birth Control League. That was founded in 1921. And then it switched over to Planned Parenthood Federation of America in 1942. Started in Cali, by the way, guys. I think like one of the uh, groups in charge of eugenics actually funded the American Birth Control League. Yeah. Is that a good thing? I don't know. All I know is that a lot of times when we take birth control, obviously they can get pregnant, but I also know their, their um, um, what is that called? When a woman doesn't want to have, have sex too much. What is that, the word for it? <laughs> when a woman doesn't want to have too much it, it, sex. It decreases your sex drive. It decreases your sex okay, drive. Okay, I was about yeah. to say, I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's the thing, man. Yeah, it's... like with all the women, women that, I, that I've talked about, like about birth control is they always say, yeah, my, you know, my sex drive have, has, has, has gone down and, uh... and they usually don't, don't get as, as what you could say. Supposedly like, they feel less feminine Exactly, too, yeah, which, which makes me. sense because it does mess with, your, mess with your hormones. So it's throwing you off of homeostasis. And basically on birth control, your body thinks, well, like you're pregnant all the time, right? That, that's basically how it works. So it, I mean, I've never taken birth control. I know it's like there's a male birth control, but I've never looked into it. I'm good. And I suppose the probably it, I, I also heard this on a podcast where male birth control throws a lot of men in in um in depression because it fucks your testosterone to that level where it makes you literally depressed and you don't feel like doing anything. And we already have a problem with a decline of testosterone in our society. Right. Right. So, uh, the biggest case you could say, or the biggest turning point for abortion in the U.S. was was Roe versus Wade. But before Roe versus Wade, in 1964, there was a female named uh, Jerry Santoro. And she holds the iconic picture of of basically abortions and women. I'm not sure if you've seen it, Matt, or anybody out there. It's a pretty gruesome picture because the, she tried to give herself an abortion and she ended up dying. Wow. So the story goes, uh, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, don't, don't quote me on this, but what happened was she, she, she was married and then she had an abusive husband, so she left to a different state where she met another guy, and uh, they had sex, and she got pregnant. And then the the husband from the other state was coming to visit because they had two kids together, and for fear of her safety and for her life, she tried to give herself an abortion. And so she got a book from some somebody that that said how to get an abortion, and with her lover, they went to the hotel room and tried to do this abortion, and she she started bleeding, and the guy freaked out and left. And they found her later that day or like a day later, uh, slumped over bloody and dead. If you guys have a chance and you're not too scared of gruesome pictures, definitely look up this picture. Just look up Jerry Santora on the internet. It's, it's on Wikipedia too. And she was, that image was a, was a staple of basically abortion rights for the United States. And, you know, abortion's a complicated matter. I know in, in, in Chicago, there was a group known as Jane. In the 1960s, which would help with abortions, because like I said, abortion laws were very strict. So even in cases of rape, incest, 
it was still really hard for you to get an abortion. So it was like a word of mouth system. So it was Jane. So it was like a secret phone phone number that you call and you ask for, hey, where is Jane? And they tell you where you can find somebody that'll help you get an abortion. And that's just one of the examples that was going on in the United States. And you know, this was was off label kind of stuff. So obviously it didn't go perfectly compared to how like the success rate wasn't as good as it is now because if you're doing secretly, you obviously don't have the funds to do research and how to do proper abortion. So a lot of a lot of negatives came out of this, and also a lot of positives because a lot of women that were raped or or uh, had had incest happen, you know, that's not it's not a child that a woman wants to carry. You know, it's it's hard for us to put ourselves in that kind of a shoe in, in a woman's shoe after, after like rape or or incest, but I'm I'm sure that's something that a woman doesn't doesn't want. Like think about having a kid. Like let's say like your dad raped you or something, and he made a, a kid. Like when that kid gets born, like how are you gonna look at that kid? That kid's always gonna remind you of of, of that moment. Not, not only that, but there's up. probably some deformities that happen because of the mm-hmm. same chromosomes or whatever the case might be with uh, with that issue. Yeah, yeah. And then 1965, the uh, College of Obstetrics and Gynecology they kind of changed the the terminology for what constitutes an abortion. So uh, they wrote a medical bulletin that accepted a recommendation that clarified ovum and birth control methods that prevented implantation because class so basically i don't know read, read off this because it's like a long definition but basically it was able to move forward contraceptives because it changed the definition and classification of what it means to to, to, be, to be pregnant and and things like that so you're that's when they kind of start doing birth control because before that there was no birth control it was just considered considered uh agents for abortion there's no birth control because as soon as you got pregnant, they consider that as living living organism and everything that you did after that was abortion. And by them changing the definition, it allowed for contraceptives to come into play. And it was seen less criminal. Exactly. And yeah. then finally, 1967, Colorado became like the first state to decriminalize abortions when it came to cases of rape, incest, and uh, pregnancies that were lead to be debilitating and cause permanent damage to women. Uh, and then finally, Cali, Oregon, North Carolina followed those laws. And then 1970, uh, was it Hawaii? Yeah, Hawaii became the first state to legalize abortions. Very interesting. Yeah, Hawaii out of all of them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Washington followed with similar laws, and they started finally voting for that. And I think the big thing that happened was in 1971, uh, this was just like you said, pre-correct, where mm-hmm. the Supreme Court ruled it. Um, the United States versus Voltic. So the court upheld that it was uh, deeming for health, men psychological and physical well-being, mm-hmm. essentially allowing abortions to to take place in Washington D.C. Yeah, because before before these laws came into effect, one of the reasons why they allowed abortions was if it if it endangered the health of the female. But that health was always considered physical, not psychological. And then it finally introduced this, uh, this this law saying that not only physical health is important, but also psychological also plays an impact on that. Yeah. And then Roe versus Wade came about. Like I've heard of Roe versus Wade in college. Uh, didn't really think nothing of it. And I didn't really understand what it was up until I did some research here. Um, so the decision with Roe versus Wade involved the case of Norma McCovey, which... Is is Roe in Roe versus Wade, except she went under a pseudonym Jane Jane Roe because when you go into law, 
especially with controversial things, you don't really want your name to be put out there because people could find out where you live and they could they could hurt you. So she became pregnant in 1969 uh, with her third child, and she wanted to get an abortion, but she lived in Texas, where abortion was illegal except necessary to save the mother's life, which is very restrictive. Uh, she was referred to lawyers to file a lawsuit against the U.S. federal courts, and then she fought against Henry Wade, which is the Wade of Roe versus Wade. And basically, they ruled that it's basically the female's right to privacy and it's her right to dictate whether she's going to have an abortion or not. And she won that. It was a 7-2 winning, uh, which was a giant move for women's abortion rights in the United States. And of course, Texas appealed that and it went to the Supreme Court, where the Supreme Court um, also said that it was it was up to her, her decision and, and discretion and her right to do that abortion. Which then, which then kind of put more eyeballs on abortion, and they decided to create different laws like which trimester an abortion could happen. So after the ruling, the Supreme Court decided that during the first trimester, governments could prohibit abortions. Oh, sorry, during the first trimester, governments could not prohibit. So if you're in the first trimester, you're able to get an abortion. During the second trimester, governments required reasonable health regulations. So there were some regulations on that. And during the third trimester, there's also some regulations. So after after oversuade, basically you're able to get an abortion during the first trimester. And um, after that, they received some scrutiny. So they kind of changed up the standards. And now we see it more as uh, a state's right than a, than a federal right, you could say. Yeah. And then after five decades, from 1972 to 2021, Texas passed this new anti-abortion law, which is called the Harpy Act, and it bans all abortions after six weeks and six weeks is when you finally have a fetal heart rate i think we talked about it too in a previous episode back when we were in oakland how georgia did something similar where six weeks was his deadline i'm not sure what happened with georgia ever since then whether they changed those laws but as of now we know that uh, texas is doing it and it's, it's an interesting take because it's almost like private citizens are upkeeping this law not necessarily the state mm. Exactly, which is, so, which, is, which is crazy because as a person, let's just say, so it's not regulated by like, you know, our, our law keepers or our, our officials. It's basically, for example, if I find out that Matt's doing abortions, I could snitch on Matt saying he's doing abortions and he's, he gets arrested and they're going to criminally prosecute Matt, not like a police or any kind of, you could say a law official doing it it's a, it's literally word of mouth and what's crazy about it is if you win you could win up to and more than ten thousand dollars which is crazy which is almost like a, like a headhunt there's people out there that that are for sure going to kind of look around and try to get like a quick rich scheme and try to point fingers at people and and make money off this which, which is sad which is which is yeah. and that's something that kind of blew my mind it's it's not it's basically word of mouth so there's actually a website being created for whistleblowers so they could snatch on people that are doing these abortions that are past six weeks. Yeah, well, and it just, it's run by, run by citizens. Like as a citizen, you could tell on somebody and you're going to go to court with them and you could win. Yeah, and whether you believe that abortions are right or wrong, that's your opinion. But a state government is basically making citizens go against each other, essentially. And it's, um, it's a messed up concept because it's almost like, I mean, you're essentially snitching, but it's like this weird thing of, not liking your neighbor, you know, and Jesus always says, love thy neighbor, but now we're doing the exact opposite and we're making our own citizens hate each other, essentially. Yeah. 
Remember during uh, the Soviet the Soviet era? Remember how we had this giant fear for communism, and the one president had a list of of communists that are going to tackle. They had the same thing going on, where you can go and tell your hey your neighbor's a communist, and they will get arrested and they get prosecuted. And this is what's happening right now. That's scary because back during those Soviet times where we were so afraid of communism. If I don't like my neighbor, if I was jealous of my neighbor, I could just say, hey, he's a communist because he's doing this, this, and this. And a police officer would come to his home, arrest him because we we're so scared of communism. So there are some fucked up people out there that are going to do this for their own benefit. And this is wild. First of all, like I'm, I'm not sure if you are, but I'm pro-choice 100%. Of course, not pro-choice to the extent of what we're using as a contraceptive, where if you're getting 21 abortions, that's pretty fucked up. Like We shouldn't use abortion as a way to not get pregnant. It should be a way that if it's endangering the health or if it hurts you psych- psychologically or in certain cases, you should be able to do it. Not just because you want to kind of thing. Because if you're having sex, you know the, you know the, the repercussions that could happen is you might have a child. And if you're just having sex with, with everybody and you're getting pregnant and you don't care and you're having abortions, that's fucking with mother shitty nature. Person, and, that's, yeah, and you're a shitty person because that's not how the human body and the world's supposed to work. And I'm just, uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen in Texas. We're going to be there in a couple of weeks. So, so we'll right. see. What if somebody stitches on us randomly, doesn't like us in a hospital or something? Be like, hey, man, and Peter performing abortions or some shit. He prosecute, lose our license. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's interesting about all this, too, is I was watching a video about like a, uh, a Roman Catholic priest kind of like talking mad smack against uh, Biden because technically Biden was is Catholic or supposedly, and he's, try, he's uh, pro abortion, but like, the story goes is that he was kind of talking about his own uh, church and bishops and how weak they are with that stance where they're not fighting against uh, this wrong choice from their perspective. Mm. And he was kind of comparing it too with like uh, Mitt Romney back in the day, if this man was Mormon and he went against the values of what Mormon people are. And he's basically saying how much that religion would kind of shame the president for picking the wrong choice. But as the Roman Catholic religion, they're not. That just shows you how politics work. Somebody once told me that when a politician goes into office or goes to do a speech, their number one goal is not to get votes, is to not lose them. And that's why we hear politicians saying these things pre-election. They're going to do this. They believe in this. But when they go into office, nothing really gets done and their, their views change because they get paid when they're in office. So they don't want to lose that seat. But it's just crazy. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Texas. I'm not Pete, sure. Man, we're, going we'll to a, we're going into a crazy time, yeah. man. But just the fact that they put an incentive on somebody that could, you could win more than $10,000 if you find somebody that is doing these illegal abortions, which is crazy. And it's mind-blowing because many women say that they're not even sure that they're pregnant six weeks, right? And and, and this, this bans abortions post six weeks. I mean, I don't know how factual that is. I'm not, I'm a dude, so I don't, I don't go through periods. I'm not sure how often women miss them or how normal it is, is to miss them. But if a lot of women say that six weeks is, is, is not long enough, then, you know, I'll, I believe them because I have no idea, man. Yeah. What, yeah. What's interesting is that people that are like anti not making a choice, whether you should like, let's just say get the jab or not, but here there has to be a choice. That also is like hypocrisy to mm-hmm. me. And what's also hip- hypocrisy to me is, all these doctors in Florida that took like an oath to serve uh, all the humans in the world. And all of a sudden now they want to refuse patients 
they'll see them through telehealth services, mm -hmm. but they won't see them in person because they are not, they're not vaccinated. Yeah. When the hell the doctors have that moral choice? What happened all of a sudden with healthcare for all? That shit just went out the door, huh? Because now we're in this freaking split dichotomy and we're self-identifying self -identifying and virtue signaling one way in our society and that other person, which are technically segregating, is looked at as bad. Right. You could refuse a patient that is a vaccinated, but you're going to accept the patient that says he's, he's overweight, diabetic, not taking his heart, heart medications, eating shitty, not doing the proper lifestyle choices. You're going to treat him and you're not going to bat an eye. But me or Matt doesn't want to get the vaccine for, for pro-choice reasons you don't want to see. Like that's as backwards. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is this is a, a thing. It's not making sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's, a, it's kind of as backwards because like you could, people have morals and values, but how strong are your values and morals if you can just pick and choose on when you're going to put them in, in, into play? Yep. Are they really your, your morals and your, and your values? If, if you take an, an oath to do no harm and to treat everybody, and now you're you know saying, no, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, then that's doing the same fucking thing. You know, Then you don't really have any morals and values, and I can't trust you as a person because you just vowed to help everybody no matter what, but now you're saying no to me. So how am I supposed to trust you as a medical professional? And then... And then if I see you like on TV or saying something saying that, hey, I'm not going to treat somebody that's not vaccinated and I go to you and I get treatment, I'm going to feel like a second class citizen. I'm not going to feel like I'm getting your full effort. Right. And and this goes into like, this is the same example. It's like if let's just say you're an OB nurse or whatever it is and you're taking care of a female that got an abortion. Are you going to refuse the care of that female because of the choice that she did? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's also... Oh, geez, this is an interesting example, but I'm going to try to divert the story so I don't expose too much. Uh, but I was talking to somebody in, in the, to the gym and um, I, I, I see somebody which is a medical professional, but that person struggles with, let's just say, alcoholism and something else. Right. And I, I'm trying to help the person because he's opening up to me. Right. Um, and somebody says, well, you should get a different um, doctor. Why? Just because that person does a habit that is contrary to what you think is right. Everybody has their own vices, whether you're freaking sniffing cocaine, watching porn, binge drinking on alcohol, whatever the case might be, fill in the blank. I shouldn't judge the person. You know, he's a medical expert. He got his degree. I, I can still go to him. He does a great job. Mm. So it's. People, like I said, people like to assign themselves to values and, and morals and stuff. But they also like to only... Just like you said, pick and choose. Pick and choose. And that's not how, how shit works. Like, it's not how shit works. And like you said, the medical professional that struggles with alcoholism, you know, if you're going to look at everybody as your advice, you're never going to have any friends. You're never going to be able to make any, any, any bonds because... you're judging. Yeah. And we're and Matt and I aren't perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody that's listening to us is, per, is perfect. And imagine if everybody looked at you for your flaws. Like, man, I did some dumbass shit when we were younger. Imagine if nobody ever forgave us for doing that shit. We, 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 where would we be? We, well, if nobody wanted to talk to me because they said, oh, Peter, you, you did this. You did this one day and, and I can't ever forgive you for it. And that's how life is going to go. And imagine every, if everybody that's you. You'd yeah. be depressed. You'd probably commit suicide because if nobody accepts you for, for who you are and nobody understands that, hey, people make mistakes, then you just feel like a, like a piece of dust. Yep. You know, it's, it's messed up. I watched a video today, and in California, there's a new governor trying to run. 
and he's kind of swearing that he's trying to change a lot of pol. He's opposing to a lot of policies that uh, Governor Newsom put on, right? So uh, there was a video of him getting thrown uh, things thrown at him. He's an African American, by the way. So and these uh, liberal people are attacking him for what he's trying to do and stuff like that. So all of a sudden, the same people that were like pro BLM and all this stuff are all of a sudden hating this dude. How does that make sense? Dude. As backwards. That's the whole that's the whole thing went through, through in California. A lot of people that I met in California, very you could say they call themselves open minded and very liberal. Hey, you can do whatever you want to do, but only if your views align with their views. And that's what's 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 so fucking weird, man. It's just so weird. I kind of love it because I'm I'm very composed person, and when I'm having conversations with people, and I'll say something that maybe will push their button because it pushes their button because. They care about the opinion of others, and they know I have a different opinion, and right away their facial expression changes or their lip kind of gets a little bit sour, and it's just funny to me. It's like, why can't we have a different opinion? Right. It's, it's lost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you kind of point out people's ignorance, people aren't very accepting of that, you know, and sometimes neither are you and I, but a lot of times you come to a conclusion where we're able to kind of understand where they're coming from, even though we might not change our personal viewpoints, we need to understand that, hey, I understand where you're coming from, and I understand explanation, but this is still my preferred preference, you know, it's just, it's just who I am, it's just what I believe in, and it's what I stand for, and you, you still get along, but some people have a different viewpoint than us, and they review us as the enemy, like, I'm not trying to hurt you, like, just because you and I think about things differently, or went through life in a different way, we have different beliefs, does not mean that one of us is bad, and one of us is good, why right. is there always this, this, this dualism, why is there always good or bad, this doesn't always have to be good or bad, it just it's just it's just gonna be there because just because that one we disagree on one topic, think about how much effect that topic has on your life. Probably not very much, you know. Because if usually if it's a debatable topic, it's not something that you really go through life on a, on a daily basis. We could majority of us agree on a majority of things, and where the separation happens, where the, where with with the news and with controversy, people like to separate us because that makes people talk. That draws debates, which is okay. I'm not playing about debates. We need to de- debate because you have to understand where we come from. But just because we debate doesn't mean we should be divided. You know? 100%, man. And I love that meme. There was a meme. I wish I could find it, but I'm not going to. And it was like, um, it was a sign. People were protesting, whatever. And it was a shirt that says, I'm vaccinated, I'm unvaccinated. And they're still holding hands. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for those two people to be to be different to have different choices and we could still get along. Right. I think our political system drove us way too apart. I think Trump was kind of part of it where he drove so much and created so much polarity. And I think politics got invested into us more than ever. Yeah. And it wasn't even him creating a polarity. It was the the media. The everybody else, you know, making up the, the, the polarity out of him, you, you could say. You know, I'm not the biggest Trump supporter. Like, yeah, some of the things he did, he did well. But same with, you know, the current president, Biden. Some of the things he did as well. I don't, I don't hate both the guys. I don't love both the guys. I understand they're humans. And I also understand that the president isn't the, the, the say-all, be-all because, you know, there's other, other people in play and other parties in play, right? So it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's crazy times. Yeah, I was, this, this week I was watching the news, a Polish news with my grandpa because I've been kind of catching up with him. And like, dude, they're talking about Trump there. Like, for what reason, man? He's out of office for over a year now. Get over it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, like he's just the guy that created so much p- 
popularity and he helped ratings so much on the news that they kind of use him as this little, I don't know, I don't want you to call it a way to help with ratings. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Like they would take snippets of what he said. And, you know, sometimes he asked the right questions. Sometimes he asked the questions that I was asking and nobody else wanted to ask. And I'm like, holy shit, yeah. Like, why is anybody asking that? It's just, he, he said what was on his mind. Like I said, not the biggest Trump supporter, not the biggest button supporter. Yeah, we need a conscious, a shift in consciousness and co- collectively, you know, I th- and I don't want to get into this because I'm going to get spiritual really quick here, so we should just end it. But we need to kind of untap from this three-dimensional world of all this crap that's happening, kind of like take a step back, realize that it's okay, that we're human. It's okay that we're going to die one day not to be so damn fearful and just live a little bit, communicate, and not just talk about whatever we see on these news feeds, which is a diluted sense of reality. And it's like, have you ever like had a conversation with random people and there's just like a few topics that are always trending and that's it? Right? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I feel like, you know, yes, so it's always good to talk about different opinions and different viewpoints because it's always good to see the other perspective and other side of the story. But it's also important to talk about things that unite us that we could all kind of work together with. Like you yeah. don't really see on the news how to benefit the public school system. That You haven't heard that on the news for a while. Kids are in school and we're not talking about it very much, are we? Like, you know, why don't we all talk about, hey, ways to, to you know, create less poverty, how to build better infrastructure. We, we don't always have to talk about polarizing topics that that draw us away from each other. Why can't we talk about things that, that, we, that are in common with us? You don't ever hear that on the news. Because, because it's good news and it was, it's not going to get as much viewpoints because you're more likely to argue with somebody than have a genuine conversation with them, especially if it's the news. And it's, it's a situation that, that we're in. And as humans, we're very susceptible, susceptible to negative emotions. Like Matt and I said many times in the podcast is a lot of times you remember the person for how they wronged us compared to the way they benefited us. And that's just how human nature is. And that's okay. That's how human nature is. The fact is that we have to understand is that that's the way human nature is. And we have to unprogram that from us. We have to realize that, hey, we don't always have to talk about these polarizing topics. And we don't always have to argue because the more time we spend arguing, the less time we have to fixing what the fuck's going on in this world. Yeah. And the algorithms know it ourselves. Facebook has said it that uh, us in America, we tend or just in the world, we tend to look at negative news more it gets more shares it gets more likes just like you say there's 10 great things that happen in your day one bad thing and that's what you're focused on right like so the algorithms prey on their own psychology and they exploit more of this human behavior and that's what's interesting like social media is not bad but it just shows you more of who you are as a person it exploits you more just like money uh the poor man's mentality is that money is evil money is bad it makes you do bad shit no it's not if you have if you're you know raised on great values and morals you're going to, to do great things with money and you have a good relationship with it but if you're an envious and jealous person and now you got a million dollars you're probably going to be more envious you're going to do things more because you want more of it and you tend to hoard and be that person so right yeah i couldn't agree with you more man let's let's end this let's wrap this one up yeah. abortions Moo variant strain, right? Yep, all that fun stuff, a little controversial stuff. But what's happens with Texas? I'm interested. I don't really agree with the law, but it is what it is. Especially, you know, you could put somebody in like citizens arrest, basically, which is even scarier because you know 
if you give the power to wrong people, shit tends to go go south. Let's change that. Yep. Have a good one, guys. Peace.